From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello and welcome to the Anxiety Project podcast number 110. I am Brad Robinson. This episode is all about the signs of anxiety, five ways to tell. And I find these videos to be powerful. And and the reason is, is because when I was going through my anxiety recovery, I had a huge paradigm shift when I discovered all of the habits I was doing every day that was contributing to my anxiety disorder. Now, a lot of people come to me and say, Brad, you know, I didn't even know I was doing this habit and I've been working on it to, and I feel better now that I've been working on it. So that's why I love doing these episodes, episodes like a day in the life of a health anxiety sufferer, anxiety symptoms. It's great to view and and really dig into the habits that really contribute to a set mindset. A mindset where it keeps you stagnant with all of your flaws and symptoms. It's time to get out of that set mindset. It's time to get out of that state and come to the realization that you're doing things under unconsciously. That's why it's unconscious. It's below your conscious awareness. You're not aware that you're doing them. So it's important to recognize those habits that are unconscious so that you can begin to work on them to overcome anxiety and get to a better place. Now, before I get into this episode, I want to dive into your comments. And I'm going to start with Carrie. And she sent me a comment on YouTube in regards to the last podcast episode. She says, love this video. And she's referring to the video version of the podcast. I'm working on being in unknown places and how to calm my anxiety and fears. Thank you. Yes, being in the unknown is is scary and our anxiety response becomes active, but it's also the mindset, the self-talk you give yourself when you're in those unknown places, right? View it as an opportunity. View those symptoms as excitement, excitement to change. It's an opportunity to change in this moment at this get together, even during this pandemic, you can view it as an opportunity. Maybe it's an opportunity to challenge yourself at home with your partner, right? Challenge yourself to a good book. There are many ways to step into the unknown, but it's also how you perceive it, right? Great, uh, not question, but great comment. Um, Kenya from YouTube says, had a rough time with concentrating on work this week and how I normally feel Definitely watching this video gave me a sense of peace after a panic attack. Thank you. Oh, thank you for your comment. And yes, uh, the videos do give you that sense of peace. And she's referring to the video, are you going crazy? Are you losing your mind? And and you can go on my YouTube uh, channel and, and find that video on there as well as 
many other videos I post uh, videos uh, once a week. So definitely these videos give you a sense of relief because they add a known territory, they add order to the chaos, right? Because an anxiety suffers an unknown territory. So it's good to, to watch these videos and be like, oh, well, somebody went through the same thing I was going through or am going through and they've managed to overcome it. So I want to learn. And so that's where the peace comes in, right? Thank you. Uh, Jordan sent me an email and he asks, can you do a podcast on setbacks? I have a hard time getting through them. Thank you. Well, thank you for your question. And yes, uh, I will do a podcast on setbacks. Uh, it's an important part of the journey. I do have videos in the meantime on setbacks on my YouTube channel. So you can go check those out. And I think I've done podcasts on setbacks before. I must have because I talk about them a lot on this podcast. So feel free to go back and... Um, Check those out, but I will do more videos on setbacks. So let's get into today's episode. Um, the first way to tell that you have anxiety is you give one word answers. You give one word answers and at gatherings, at family events, even just at home with family, I remember my body being extremely tense, right? I was in fight, flight, or freeze all the time. My anxiety systems were on all the time. So my body was tense. And if you're stuck in this response, aggression and frustration plays a major role. It's there all the time. There's a battle going on internally, Pushing down that fire-breathing dragon is a lot of work while you have to be in a, at a get-together, right? At a party, at a work gathering, at work, or just at home with your family. It's a constant battle. That's why anxiety sufferers feel emotionally drained. So they're pushing down this huge dragon while they're trying to engage in a conversation. And that's what happened to me. I would just be like, Yep. Okay. And just give those one word answers and not elaborate and expand on the conversation rather than I would be stuck internally battling that dragon. And so giving those one word answers, it also, you know, at the end of the day, it made me feel like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm bad socially too. It, it lowered my confidence and it, it increased my social anxiety as well. So while I was at a get-together, there was this battle happening internally, and my socialization skills were so bad, but my attention was just focused on that internal dialogue, that internal world. And so Staying on the party example, I'm, I want to get into the second way to tell you have anxiety, and that is you use your partner as a shield. And so you let them do the talking while you sit there. Maybe you're fiddling and, and playing on your phone. You're on your phone. You're distracting yourself because anxiety suffers. They, they want to feel distracted 
all the time. They want to be distracted because they don't want to focus in on those what if thoughts, the the catastrophizing thoughts, right? Oh, what if I have cancer? What if this is a disease? Oh no, you know, I'm not socializing very well. What if they think I'm going crazy? All of these things are happening in the mind. And so you tend to pull out your phone and go on your phone and you let your partner do everything. You, you hide, essentially you hide behind them. And I did this with Maggie when, uh, we were dating first going out, she would be over at her friends and I would be there as well. And I would be like, I would whip out my phone a few times and I would let her do the talking. Right. And then at the same time, I would give those one word answers. Right. And you also, you tell them you want to go early. So you tell your partner you want to leave early and then you push them to leave. And so I would do this all the time with Maggie. I would give some excuse. I'm tired. You know, I think we should leave. I'm hungry. You know, I would push her so that I can leave. I can get out of there, get to my safe zone. Because when we're out of our safe zones, what happens, the anxiety response is alert. It's active. It's concerned. It's aware, right? Got to protect you. Got to protect you. And so I was pushing her to always leave and get out of there. The third way to tell you have anxiety is you snap easily. This is the fight of the fight, flight, or freeze. Now, I remember shopping with Maggie and just being in the mall, I would just tense up and I'd be like, like, let's get out of here. Let's go. And then I would actually snap at her sometimes and be, and get angry and say uh, like something I would regret. And so snapping and losing your cool is a sign you have anxiety. And even driving to places, I find like being further away from my safe zone, my anxiety kicks in, right? I, I gave that example last podcast episode when I talked about going camping with Maggie. As soon as I left the city, my anxiety got worse. Going into a place of the unknown, you know, naturally activates our anxiety, but to somebody really suffering from anxiety, those symptoms are so like are enhanced. And then they're so those symptoms are unknown that the anxiety suffer just snowballs down the path of negative thinking until they're in full-blown panic, right? So driving to places, uh, you know, made me frustrated, made me tense. I would snap. I would also give those one-word answers while we were driving. Or even when a family member comes and talks to me, right? I would I would just be tense. I would give those one-word answers. I didn't even want them around and it, it, I, I would, you know, even snap and, 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 and get angry and get frustrated and they would, they would tell. So being out of your safe zone, yes, definitely causes that fight to kick in, that aggression, that the um, assertiveness, right? Acceptance mode with self-talk is important when this comes around when you're out especially at the mall being in acceptance mode and recognizing and observing 
having that awareness of that frustration inside you is really important. It's important to observe what's going on. I'm feeling frustrated. And it's like, then that self-talk is what's necessary to get you to a safe place, right? It's how you speak to yourself. It's an opportunity. It's a challenge. I'm feeling tense. Now's a good time to practice mindfulness. It's a good opportunity. And so that's the uh, third way to tell. The fourth way to tell you have anxiety is you avoid places altogether. You shrink your world to your safe zone. And with my ex, I remember I used to avoid family gatherings family activities with them. And, and this was the same time I was avoiding work as well. I didn't want to go to work. I didn't even want, I didn't want to confront anything that caused me, that, that made me a little bit anxious. I avoided all of it, right? You know, I went to work one day and it was tough. It was emotionally draining. I had a hard time. And so then I would avoid going back. Just because of that resistance, I avoided every place that made me anxious. And so, anything outside the domain of certainty causes anxiety. So, that's why I avoided work. It was the uncertainty. What if? All those what ifs are in the category of uncertainty, right? But I didn't have the tools I didn't know the techniques. I didn't even know what was going on unconsciously with the habits that I was doing that was solidifying this anxious identity. And I needed to carry the safety around with me. I needed to be my own safe zone, right? I needed to create my own safety. It's like that bubble of healing light around us. I needed to carry that healing bubble. I needed to have my own tool belt full of anxiety, coping techniques and strategies. Not coping, I'd say um, I'd say just anxiety techniques because it's not about coping. It's about how to handle the situation appropriately so that you can your future self will benefit from that opportunity that you're in, right? So I had to carry, I had to learn how to carry this safety around with me. And so that's my aim with my coaching, with this podcast, with my YouTube channel, with all of this information that I'm projecting out to you. How can we attach that safety? How can we overcome anxiety, right? I overcame anxiety and I've seen many of my clients overcome anxiety and attach safety to their body. And then they can go all around to different places now, now that they've, that now that they have the tools and the right mindset, right? It's clicking into that right mindset. So I had to prove to my anxiety system that I won't die in the unknown. And then this builds up your bravery and that shifts your perspective over yourself. Now you look into the mirror and you see a person who can handle challenges. 
because you've handled the challenges in the past with courage and bravery. So now you have more self-respect. And now you say to yourself, hey, if I can handle those other challenges, anything else that comes my way, I can handle that. And that's how self-respect and that's how your bravery builds in this recovery journey. The fifth way to tell you have anxiety is you obsess over events. Now, I used to avoid spending time, alone time with myself. I had to have distractions continuously. I had to have music playing, I TV playing. A lot of people go to bed watching TV, which is, uh, I just can't believe people do that. Like, I just, I was that guy though. I was that guy too. I used to watch TV going to bed, um, distracting myself with negative friends, uh, drugs, alcohol, you know, having all of those distractions there all the time. So, and then I couldn't help but replay events over and over and over again. And then I would beat myself up over them. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. They probably think I'm whatever, right? And so I would have these thoughts and I would sit there in this trance state thinking about what happened, obsessing over it. And it wouldn't just stop there. I would just, I would go about my day and then something else would pop up and then I would obsess over that thing. And so these, these, this obsession just ingrains this pattern of obsessive thinking. So we have to break that pattern, breaking that pattern, right? And so you get caught in that trance. That's an opportunity to you know, sort it out, write it down, especially write it down, write it, write down why you feel those negative emotions of that event. Well, you know, I acted this way and I shouldn't have acted this way, or I avoided this person and, and I shouldn't have, and whatever it is, write it down so that your unconscious can sort it out. That's why we get put into these trances. The unconscious is trying to sort out what happened, right? It's trying to solve the problem, right? So let's solve the problem by speaking to our unconscious mind. Write it down. Write down what, what's troubling you. Or, or sit with yourself and think. People would rather die than think. But thinking helps you solve that problem and then it releases the problem from our bodies. And so then we can not worry and not obsess over them, right? So it's about seizing that moment, right? When you're thinking about that negative event, write it down, write it down on paper and solve it. Now, I had to, while, you know, I had to continuously make myself busy as well in order to avoid those negative thoughts. Right? Do you ever find yourself like doing things all the time? Maybe you're you're even extending your hours at work just so that you just don't you, you don't even have to have so that you are don't you you are avoiding that time with yourself. You're avoiding that time with yourself. And 
spending that time with yourself, you'll find that a lot, your unconscious will be like, oh, Brad's alone. Let's send him these memories and traumatic moments and highly emotional memories so you can solve them. But like most people, we don't know how to, right? We don't know how to solve them. So we push them back down into our unconscious. And then we continue to distract ourselves and go about instead of healing, we just cope. We just cope. And I see it all the time. People are just coping, right? They're not healing. So this is a podcast about healing. And I hope on this episode, the doors open a little bit, right? To the habits that you're doing unconsciously. And if you have another habit that you want to add, please email me, go to unpluganxiety.com and under the podcast page, or even just under contacts, send me, um, send me something I missed. Or if you're listening to this on YouTube, write a comment. What did I miss? A habit that you do that you now recognize that you're doing that is not serving you. And I hope this podcast has been useful for you. Thank you for being here. And remember, do not let anxiety define who you are. I will see you on the next podcast episode. Bye for now. Brad's powerful anxiety recovery program is available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. What are you waiting for? Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.